0: Walking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. That Texas Blood special. Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. Welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with Englishmen in San Diego. My name's Lenny Sultana, and each and every Sunday at 10am Pacific, 1pm Eastern, 6pm GMT, we talk comic cons, com culture, and all the stuff and nonsense that we get to enjoy at such shows. Um, this episode is going to be something a little bit special uh, because I have to hand my copy of this, which is That Texas Blood. And this is going to be a bit of a first for us here on Talking Con. we are actually going to be talking to the creative team uh, behind this particular book. It's um, a very special read uh, published by Image Comics and I can imagine something which has been gestating for a while which is why it's great that we get the chance to talk to Jacob Phillips and uh, Chris Condon. Hello there gentlemen, how are you? Hello. Um, yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, that's a little apprehensive, but it's okay. We will take it as it goes. But uh, it's great to have you joining us. Thank you very much indeed for coming on. Um, the way I've been starting this run of shows is um, I've been asking three questions. Uh, so I'm going to get the pair of you to uh, answer. We'll start with Chris. But uh, question number one is: What is your beverage of choice? I have my cup of tea to hand. Do you have a beverage close to, close by? Do you have a cup of tea, sir? <laughs>
1: Um, it is a seltzer today. Ah, right, uh, Okay,
0: the man is uh, starting the day proper. Okay,
1: usually it's a coffee, but it's it's uh, that's already over at this point. It's uh, one PM here on the east coast, so fair enough. Graduated yeah. to my seltzer.
0: <laughs> and Jacob, what have you got to hand?
2: Um, and I don't do hot drinks, so instead I've done British, but with uh, I've got oh, good man. In a as I've been in a in a in a you know in a
0: flask. Fair enough. <laughs> I am waiting for my first guest to throw uh, get some iron brew, but that's just. Oh, I've.
2: Yay! Mine today. So that's what's that's what going through the night.
0: There you go. Excellent yeah. stuff. Um, the second question is um, if you can remember your first Comic Con, uh, as it is a con. Related show. Um, I, we might as well start the, the show with uh, your first memories of the first convention that you went to, and also if you can remember, if you went as a pro or as a guest, uh, as a, as a, as a so sort of like as a fan. Um, Chris, can you remember your first Comic Con that you went to?
1: My first Comic Con, uh, I went to a, a Wizard. I think it was. i Forget exactly what it was. Called. I think it was Wizard Con in New York, um, and then I actually I the first comic con like official comic con was a uh, new york comic con for me i never got to go to san diego but i went to new york comic Con, the first one ever which was really cool um it was nothing like it is today uh was half you know half as popular as it, as it is now and it was just it was really cool got to meet a lot of really cool people um and i went definitely as a fan <laughs> and i think most of, i feel like you're probably going to be going to conventions as, as a fan and, and on some level, no matter what, if, if you read comics and you enjoy comics, you know?
0: Absolutely. And, uh, Jacob, I can only imagine you got dragged along by dad. Uh,
2: I think my first one, I went as a pro. So, wow. Okay. When, when I was 11, um, <laughs> <but> I went <laughs> and, uh, I uh, went with my dad and I I sold, I made a little twenty page comic called Roboy, which is basically me, but with if I was like Terminator. Um, so <laughs> it was me as a, as a cyborg, and uh, I went and I made I printed like twenty copies of it and went and sold that over the weekend, um, which is so so amazingly yeah. I think it was pro. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic,
0: and it also sounds like the kind of comic that an eleven year old would make as well. Yeah. I
2: made, I, made, I made three of them um, over over about, I think over three or four years, every year. And then we did, uh, it was Brighton, the first one, um, and then it was Bristol after that.
0: Wow. So. Okay. Um, and the third question that I've been starting the episodes off with is um, going to conventions, obviously meeting people. Uh, people that have been your peers people that you've uh, grown up uh, or just been reading the works of has there been any wobbly knees moments uh where you've met uh, a hero or uh, a creative that you just suddenly all of a sudden the brain has just taken a an exit to the left uh chris if you can uh, remember any meeting anyone at a and just gone uh, uh
1: just yeah yeah uh, a few of them actually uh uh, one of the, the big one I remember was at that wizard convention, uh, Jerry Robinson, uh, who is credited with uh, either creating outright the Joker or being playing a hand and creating the Joker. And uh, I actually I had I like I mean, I feel bad saying this, but I had no idea that he was still alive at that point. <laughs> and I was at the convention and I, I saw this old man sitting at a table looked up at the name and it said jerry robinson looked down and i'm like wait a minute and i just i went right up to him and shook his hand and i i the first thing i said to him was do you have any idea what you've contributed to popular culture <laughs> and uh, we had a good little conversation but that was that was a cool moment that's
0: as names drops goes that's pretty impressive that's not too shabby at all uh jacob um any wobbly knees moments for yourself um,
2: I, don't, I feel like I was uh, spoiled early on because obviously going with my dad from an early age it just became like totally normalized for me to meet all these people so um, I mean I'm sure there definitely should be but I can't even think of anyone like it's all <laughs> um, but maybe meeting Tonchi because uh, meeting and Tonshi came up to me in Toronto and was like oh I've seen your stuff I really like it and I was like oh, nice <laughs> that was a good one <laughs> but um, other than that I can't think of anyone
0: Fair enough. I mean, when, like you say, when you've uh, you've kind of grown up uh, in in kind of like in the the sphere and the circles of uh, these of artists and writers, um, yeah, I can imagine there is that sense of these are people that you've grown up with.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just like my dad's friends. It's, so <laughs> it's like it's like it was never cool, was it? You know, like I, like great. <laughs>
0: fair enough okay right um so the question I was diving, diving into with, uh, the, with Chris is about that Texas blood and the, the kind of gestation of the of the project because um, I know that it started off as um, a film pitch um, so I mean how long ago was this what what's the kind of time frame that we're
1: looking at um, so okay so the, technically the the idea has been around for years at this point probably five or six years on some level um it i didn't come up with uh what the the first issue was was actually going to be a, a short film that was going to help pitch the other thing that was the idea because whiplash had just come out in i think 2015 or 2016. um and i i had been reading up on how damien chazelle had gotten the money to do that and how he did that was they they made a scene from the film and filmed that and that was that was how they got the money to make the film. So my idea was to do a short film that was sort of a side story um, where we see a, a character who's not necessarily the lead character in the, in the, the motion picture, the, the full-length feature. Um, and uh, the idea was to just follow them around for a short film. And uh, so that's what I did. I wrote the short film, which is issue one of that Texas blood. Um, and so that was that was what I was trying to get started. And I ended up when I wrote that, I ended up loving the the character of Joe Bob so much that I wrote a whole other feature just with Joe Bob in it. Um, But yeah, so that basically the, the gestation period is, is, I mean, mostly it's, it's Texas was the, the idea, but basically I just wanted to write a story about Texas, but then uh, Joe Bob just being Joe Bob and me liking him was, was what kind of, just want made me want to just stay in this world and kind of explore this world more and more. So, but yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been basically on my mind for like the last three or four years, just like consistently. Well, I mean, where where are you based um, in North America? Um, yeah, been... I'm I'm born and raised in New Jersey. I'm actually in New Jersey now, um, but I, I have a good friend who's from Texas, from West Texas. Uh, from the region that this would kind of take place in. This is a fictional county, but uh, they're from like Marfa, Texas, you may have heard of, but uh, Marfa, Fort Davis, West Texas, uh, which is where this story kind of takes place. And I, you know, I visited them there and um, I'm actually doing a phone call with uh, my friend's uncle tomorrow to talk about uh, mineral rights and land rights. They're two different things. And I'm thinking about a story that is about that so I'm actually doing a phone call with him tomorrow and he's in Fort Worth so I'm kind of bouncing around all the time with Texas so uh but yeah no me no I'm just <laughs> from the east coast
0: I'm, I'm wondering if it's that kind of sense of mythology that, that the uh the state has that oh, yeah. uh that lent to the,
1: the 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 story that you want to tell yeah there's there's definitely there's a mystique that that the, the place has. I, I feel like people in Texas sort of bristle at that uh, notion uh, or some people bristle from at that notion, but it's just, to me, it's the, the place uh, and sort of the West, the, the West of the United States sort of has this mystique to it still. Uh, it's just this, these wide open spaces, these vistas. It's sort of like handing an artist a canvas you know, and just being like, you know, paint something. And that's that's sort of how it feels to me is that it's you, you're just given these vistas and it's just like come up with a story. And it's like everybody who lives there sort of has like an edge to them, you know. And so that's kind of how I think about it. And that's kind of what tra- attracted me to wanting to tell a story in that environment. Um, but, yeah, definitely there's there's the mystique to it. And that's what definitely attracted me to it.
0: What were the kind of touchstones that you drew on uh, to kind of... Because like I say, you say, you're cre- almost creating a, uh, a mythological version of, uh, the, of the, the area. Um, what, what, what were the things that you drew on? Was it films? Was it books?
1: I, I mean, it's definitely there's... Uh, I, I mean, I love the Coen brothers, um, so that's definitely an influence. Um, I, I really love the, the novels of Jim Thompson. Um, And he writes, you know, about Texas Um, so that those are both influences. I'm also heavily influenced by uh, sort of in in sort of the storytelling mode uh, by the X-Files in terms of their mythology versus their Monster Week episodes, things like that. Um, But also Stephen King, because I love the idea of having a fictional place within a real place And drawing upon real things, and but having the uh, having it be a a fictional place allows you basically to have a sandbox where you can do whatever you want. Yeah.
0: And when it comes to the,
1: because
0: I I can imagine as well that for myself, when I think of Texas, um, I do have to go to some um, films just because there is this sense of a different sense of mannerism, a sense of behavior, a sense of, like you say, this real, there's Texas versus everywhere else. Um, there's a real kind of like a tipping of the shoulder when you think of of that state. I mean, is, is that something that kind of appealed when it came to putting these characters to uh, together?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, I, I, I was as much influenced by the actual real life Texas Texans that I, I got to know. Um, my friend's father is actually, that's where I got the name Joe Bob from. His name is Joe. Joe Bob. <laughs> that's where I got the name from. And uh, a lot of the mannerisms for certain characters, kind of, I picked up from meeting people from there. There's a, there's a guy named Ty Mitchell who, uh, who runs a, a, a bar down in Marfa, Texas. And he's got an eye patch and a cowboy hat, you know, and a bunch of dogs around him and like just sort of, this slow pace sort of you almost feel like he's just like sort of like checking you, checking, you out, seeing, seeing if you're, you know, worth his time, you know? And so that, those are the sorts of people that I wanted to, uh, you know, write about them to, to write a story for, you know, see what they would do in a certain situation. Uh, and also I forgot to mention this, but definitely like, uh, Larry McMurtry was also an influence, uh, who wrote Lonesome Dove and, uh, Horse can pass by, which was adapting to HUD. Uh, last picture show, so definitely a lot of Texas influence throughout my life. Just like sort of, you know, mixing it all together and just coming up with our own thing.
0: I mean, uh, can I ask if you've actually have you, have you been to Texas now? Have
1: you? Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I visited. Yeah, so I actually I lived in Los Angeles for a number of years. Because I, I just got this real fun appeal that you haven't actually ever been there. Oh no, I mean I've, I've been there. I, I haven't lived there though. Right. Um, I, I traveled there uh, several times. Uh there's a film festival down there, too, in Marfa, uh, and I, I attended that. But, um, yeah, the, there's things that are directly inspired by Marfa and, and Fort Davis that are in our comic, um, including the hotel that Randy stays in um, that's based on the Paisano, which is the hotel in Marfa. Um, so there's, there's things that are definitely influenced by it. And yeah, I, they did travel there, but I, again, I haven't lived there. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a cool place. It's definitely a cool place, it's definitely an interesting place to, to visit and hang out. And...
0: Cool. Um, is, I find it interesting that you say that you what you basically had that short, uh, idea, that short film pitch mm-hmm. as the first issue, the, uh, the, the casserole dish. Um, yeah. Oh, how quickly did the the rest of the story then start coming together? Because it's an incredibly rich character list. Um, it's a, a hell of a roster of uh, people that you populate the story with, and there's a definite sense that this is um, it's not just your six issue uh, story. There's this whole canvas that you're drawing from. Right. Um, how long did it take you to? populate the world. And how far did you go? I mean, in terms of, how, or how far have you gone in terms of uh, the, the story for That Takes Us blood?
1: Well, I, I sort of have a plan um, for the entirety of it. Um, if we're allowed to go as far as we as we can go with it, I, I, I'm i envisioning it as 30 issues. Um, and I, I have the whole thing kind of mapped out. I, I like the idea of doing, so first, for example, the the first issue is, is a one shot, and I, I like every yeah. one shot. I feel like that m- might have confused some people because I think some people read an issue one and they expect it to kind of jump into the the larger story. But what I wanted to do, and uh, what I wanted to do was sort of just introduce the world, and that was the point of the short. And that was why I was I was kind of like this is kind of a cool idea to do this as a comic instead of being you know end it with a cliffhanger where. You know, you're going to find out who the big bad is or whatever. But uh, we just sort of have this little single story drop you in. And that just sort of introduces you to the characters, to the world. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I, I have things planned out. I, I'm sort of introducing it, it, we're going to meet a character in, in issue four that comes out on the 30th of this month. Uh, who's actually the brother of the guy who killed himself. And issue one, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so that's, uh, that it's sort of, I, it's, it's like got that small town vibe. Um, really tried to make it that way so that you'll be running into characters that you've already met. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, you know, just thinking about it in terms of, I grew up in a small town of two square miles. Um, and so, you know, I grew up in that, environment and so just kind of moving that to Texas and trying to think about it in that way like who are the people you run into that you're like oh that guy's a character or, you know this person I got to stay away from you know things like that cool
0: um to bring Jacob into the conversation then if he can still hear us yeah, um yeah. <laughs> uh I mean you've definitely found yourself uh on this I mean the the the, the, the mix uh, and the combination of um of the the, uh, the the plot and uh, what you you're bringing to the story jacob it's you've definitely found yourselves uh, as a, an absolute uh, uh, team uh, to be reckoned with um it, i like we were talking about that first issue as the one shot the the color palette of the first um issue it is very um that sort of like low that low sunset that takes that over the the, the broad vistas the, the yeah. kind of the, what uh, us as Brits imagine as Texas you know the yeah. the whole uh, the, the Howard Hawks kind of uh, kind of photography and the, the, that real um, big um, broad vista and then the color palette for the second issue really does open up and go um, a little bit more technicolor certainly when you we bring in the other characters but what was your um, introduction to the project how did how did you find each other
2: um, I started on it back when it was still in film stage. Um, so, Chris saw my work from I think I was in is it Kill Be Killed the the back issue stuff of Kill Be Killed uh, when I was doing the essay illustrations. Um, and uh, Chris was looking for concept art for the to to sell the the pitch. Um, so I ended up doing four illustrations for that. Um, was it or was it five? Something, yeah, you know. Four or five, um, like, full painted illustrations yeah. um, for for that, um, which obviously never ended up happening. And then Chris basically just got back in touch with me and said, hey, do you want to make a comic of this instead? Um, so that's how I got into it. Um, and I was like, yeah, cool, send me the script. Because, um, like, I read the, the script for the short film originally, and I loved it. So as soon as he said it, I was like, yeah, please. Um, and I thought that, I thought it'd be great fun to draw as well. Like, yeah, getting to draw all those, uh, landscapes is great. And also the whole town is sort of got, it's like, it's not a very really densely populated place. So I don't have to draw crowds, which is great. I can just draw this like massive open spaces with no one there. And it's just, it's just a breeze.
0: <laughs> yes, but there is the possibility of you drawing the artist's nightmare of a horse what, I mean, what the that's true. On earth? <laughs> just
2: was um, just a horse from a distance I'll just do it really small in the bag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in terms of the actual design and uh, the color palette and what you wanted to do with the with the book um, I mean what touchstones were you looking at uh, when it comes to uh, putting the book together um, in terms of the color palette I think I'm still I have ju- I've, as of
2: 20 minutes before this um, started, it was I, I. finished the last page of colours for number five, uh, which is due tomorrow. So I was putting it very fine, um, <laughs> but I'm still sort of finding, feeling my way through it. I think I look back on the the first couple of issues now, I'm like, oh, I hate, hate all the colour on it. Um, really? Yeah, but I think that's the same. And but loads of it, I redraw loads of it as well. You know, it's uh, I think I. I this happens with anyone that looks back at their old stuff, I guess, and it's just like, ah, oh, I wish I could change that now. But um, with the first one, it, it, I just wanted to capture the the atmosphere of the, of that sunset, and, and I think that the the palette sort of came into play, with, like drawing the idea of, of, of blood as well, um, particularly in, yeah, in the sunset in the sky. I think um, it's almost like a hint at what's about to come. Um, which I think is quite nice, and then yeah, like the pages that are up now I think um, are my favourite ones from issue two, the the, the early morning yellow sky. Um, so I'm just trying to like play around and see what works because um, obviously I'm still very new to this. Um, I'm just trying to figure it out like I, I wanted to, I wanted to look different to what I was doing with Criminal, um, which even though it it actually looks is pretty much the exact same approach but I just scribbled a lot more um, but I was looking at um, like 50s illustrations and stuff like that um, and that sort of texture um, like brush mark pe- texture in the, and and pen- coloured pencils and I was just I was playing with that and, and how to bring that into a sort of a digital realm um, that works for comic books rather than full painted but getting that sort of texture to it um it's sort of meant to sort of uh, act as you know like film texture that sort of just to give it a bit of grit and a bit so it's not um it's not just flat. it's not
0: it's not it's not, really, it's, it's not um see if i can word this without insulting you i don't think I will. <laughs> uh but it's, it's certainly not very clean it, it no yes yeah. it feel is very scratchy it, it, i think that also gives it a real sense of energy and a, a sense of urgency that the there's a real kineticism in the the whole thing because there is this sense of okay there's the frame there's another frame let's move on let's yeah, let's yeah. let's have this real energy in, in the in the story um yeah. i'm always interested when it comes to the creative process with between artist and writer especially when it comes to that collaboration and when you start seeing pages uh, coming in and how that can often bring new ideas and kind of maybe even take the story in a different tangent chris when you started seeing pages uh, that uh, jacob was bringing in uh, did it how did it uh, change what you were thinking about uh, the, the story and uh, how, the, the tone going forward
1: i mean i mean i just i was like blown away when i <laughs> saw the first couple pages come in uh even when it was just when we did the pitch um what we sent around that was it was really cool because that you know you basically you have this character in your mind and especially when you're doing the film you're thinking about casting it all that. And, and then you see the way that jacob drew joe bob and it's like oh yeah of course that's joe bob you know it's like there, there's no question about it like this is him and so that definitely um Helped influence the way that I, I was writing Joe Bob is that you know now that I'm seeing him I'm like oh okay you know I feel like I know this guy already and but now I'm like but it's a bit, it was it's almost like an online dating situation where it's like always <laughs> on the phone forever and then you finally meet them in person that's that's how I that Joe Bob um, but yeah I don't know his 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 work on this is incredible I also the, the coloring the I love the the scribbles on it it, it almost feels like um, to me, like it, like a like a picket fence that's scratched away the paint, you know. And that's, that's always how I, I felt about it. And I, I love it, and it's. I just I was looking at the colors for issue five, which you was just finishing up today, as you just said. And I, there was the final panel on the final page, phenomenal. was like I was like, oh damn, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure you know I'm, I'm always like very critical of my writing but you know it's like as soon as you see his interpretation of them think we're
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> um i also feel that there's a real uh, a real rich world of these the interconnected characters um that whole small town feel as well of uh, everyone knows each other's story everyone uh, that uh, the when people meet other people and they know everybody else and they everyone everyone lives in each other's pockets, as it were. And there's yeah. all these secrets bubbling underneath the uh, uh, the surface. There's a real kind of noir uh, sense to it, which kind of does then lead on to the uh, other books that um, uh, the Phillips have been involved in. Um, at which point, Jacob, I wonder how much you did look at. Um, your dad's work and uh, uh, Ed's work and bring that into uh, what you were doing. Um, yeah,
2: I think for me it was it's impossible to avoid, you know because sure. Um, especially as now I'm working with him on it. so well, yeah, it was always gonna look like a bit like what I was doing on that anyway. Um, but I think because I spend days at a time looking at his work and picking up tips constantly that, like, it doesn't matter how many other comments I read now. Like, I'm always, whatever I read, I'm picking up little things here and there and trying to pull things out of it. But because I'm sat there colouring his stuff all day, that's what I see all the time. So sure. I think there's always going to be a bit of that. And obviously growing up I'm surrounded by it as well. Um,
0: yeah. It, it also, definitely also when, it. When it comes to um, the pandemic and lockdown, were you also mm-hmm. in the same house as well?
2: I was for a bit. I went home at the very start, well, until it sort of eased up a bit for about, so about 10, was it 10 weeks? I was there for about 10 weeks. Um, So we were using the, we were sharing the same studio. Um, So we had to to split up the day as to who got on the computer (laughs) in the morning, who in the afternoon, Um, which is great because I mean, I only worked half days for a few weeks. So then I was like, oh no, I actually need to do some work now. But yeah, no, that was it. Was actually all right. I thought it'd be way worse, um, but it was, yeah, it was quite nice actually. But us um, I, I and I think I'm constantly seeing what he's doing whenever I go home or anything like that. I'm picking up tips and or like just like tools and things yeah. like that as well. Like, um, I took well, I went home with these new pens and then the week after I left, he texted me like, "What are those pens that you had? Because I want to order some." So it's just things like that as well. It's just like. It's so in, inter interwoven, I think. Yeah,
0: because I mean, I, I do like the fact that um, when you you're talking about that, that scratchiness, because mm. um, that's something that um, that is you. That's some that's something that you brought yeah. to the project.
2: Um, yeah, that's the, well, that's like, like I said, I wanted to make it sort of um, look different to what I was already doing. Um, sure. I thought there was no point in going in and and, and trying to make it look like my dad's stuff. Um, yeah. Even though it you know, yeah, the colour colour wise it was already what I was doing. Yeah. So it was a bit it was a bit of a struggle, um not just to go naturally back to what I do, um but and try and make it my own, which I, hopefully I've done. Um yeah. yeah, I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying doing it. Although now that I'm on a much tighter deadline, like I said, it's due in tomorrow and I've got all these pages to colour, that scratchy just takes forever
0: don't worry <laughs>
2: compared we've... to the just one big bl- brush mark
0: <laughs> we won't keep you too long don't worry about it no, we're, no, gonna, we're, not go, we're not gonna go, go we're not gonna go now. mental <laughs> we're, not, we're not gonna go mental yeah um and as for yourself chris uh, i mean obviously everyone who's read the book so far we've got like I say the first three issues out um and it the, 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 there is this real sense of the um the house in on, on the horizon the the, the secrets that is over there on the other side of the 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 sunrise Um, it's a real open canvas but obviously we have been um, uh, in the middle of lockdown in the middle of a pandemic in terms of putting the book together has it been a case of this texas blood has allowed you to kind of step into a world which has those fences down you can
1: be a little bit more free um i mean i in some ways i guess um i mean being in lockdown, I, I I felt like it was like a an opportunity to sort of just try to work as much as
0: I could, <laughs> just, n- just knuckle down and get it done. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but we also had the um, we we had the, um, the, the oh, there's a cat here. I don't know if you can hear him. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we we also during the lockdown we we, we were sort of taken off the schedule also and so that that's sort of free to stop and thinking about I mean I know Jacob likes Indiana Jones I like Indiana Jones and we both like noir stuff so it's like you want to maybe do this thing see if you know you know we can sort of introduce ourselves to people you know in a, in a way that was unique and different so we did the patreon comic. Um so that it, it was an interesting uh, situation to be put in because uh, we actually didn't know when our that Texas blood was going to come out at that point, point. Um, and then so and we thought it was might even be December twenty twenty, and then um, and then they put us on <laughs> June, so they only pushed us a month. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting uh, thing to, to experience with this the the pandemic and the lockdown uh, and what that does to you creatively. Also, well, well, weight on your shoulders, and I mean, I, you know, I have older parents, so I'm like, I was thinking about that. I'm worried about that. So there was that. There was other aspects of, it that were uh, a detriment, but definitely creatively, I feel like it was, uh, it allowed us to, uh, to, to work.
0: That's interesting, because I mean, when I've been speaking to people over the course of the summer, um, the 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 things that I've been hearing, it's kind of a real. 50 um, 50 split between those that have found themselves um pretty much in a rather similar situation to what they, their normal working situation is oh i'm in a room on my own um so like not really seeing people on a regular basis and just getting on with the work but then there's other people that have felt really kind of bogged down by the whole situation that the the the, the, the situation really has stifled them creatively and they they've found very difficult to kind of Get the the engine going because of the situ- the situation that's happening uh, outside. Um, so I find it interesting that uh, you you did kind of use the situation to kind of just muscle on and get the get things done and get it done.
1: I, I think that the thing was that it we had a certain momentum leading into May, right? And so I think that was the idea was that I was terrified of losing that momentum. <laughs> uh just, just on a creative level and so that was where i was like i want to do something let's do something um and that's so that's where that kind of came from but i i mean there were definitely there were days when it was it was rough days where you just didn't want to get out of bed because you turn on the news and it's just like I, you know yeah. you got you know, everything i mean i don't want to get political but you got donald trump in the white house you know so yeah
0: well, I mean, we've got a couple of comments that are coming in. Uh, we've got uh, Sim Simmer 1980. Um, we, are, we, are, we are aware of his work. Uh, love the book, guys, and the Patreon, um, which is such a strong support system for the book as well. And also the um, the uh, Spotify playlist, uh, which I, I find interesting that you can uh, find at the back of the uh, uh, the, the, the the track playlist. Um, how was that in terms of Bear with me. In terms of the, uh, it really needs to shut up now. Um, in terms of the uh, putting that playlist together, um, when, when did when did that idea come from?
1: I'm well. The idea came from me just sort of having these songs that I would listen to and try to get into the mood of whatever I'm writing. And so I'm you know I'm already listening to stuff, so I'm like well. You know, what if I put it together as sort of, you know, since the idea was already originally a movie, you know, you, you have a soundtrack for movies. I'm like, well, what if we have a soundtrack for this? And it's it's been interesting because I never actually intended people to be reading it with it, almost as like a bonus extra. But people have been reading it with the Spotify playlist, which is really cool. And also, we have a, an email at the back of the comic, and I've been getting some emails from people uh, recommending songs and things like, and a lot of people from Texas responding to, <laughs>
0: um,
1: and actually a lot of people from Texas recommending country songs and things like that. So it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. But yeah, that I, there was also, uh, there's an author that I like a lot, Michael Shabon. Uh, he wrote, uh, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay and, uh, a lot of other great novels, Moonglow, um, The Yiddish Union. Um, but he, on his recent, uh, novels, he's been releasing a, a, a playlist of things that he listened to while he was writing. And so that was, that was also a strong influence on it. Uh, for sure.
0: Was, was this a playlist that you then forwarded on to Jacob to listen to while he was working?
1: Yeah. Well, as soon as I'm finished with it, I send it off to him. Like, hey, what do you think? Um, and i like, believe that he's <laughs> I mean we can ask him here if he's listening. yeah nope.
0: absolutely I mean
2: yeah, did I, you, I, did... I listened to it whilst, um, when he first sent it I, I was listening to it whilst drawing I was like yeah it is like it is like a soundtrack I was like I'm getting into, like, into the mood I always have something that I'm listening to anyway so um, but I never even think about it in terms of the mood of what I'm doing it's a completely separate thing for me but when you know, when I had that one I was like oh yeah it's like I'm there I can, I can feel I can feel the world that I'm making with this thing, um, which is, yeah, it was great. So hopefully people get the same thing out of it when they're reading it.
0: Any songs that you contributed to the list? No, I, nothing to do with me.
2: No? <laughs> I, let, I, let Chris, I let Chris do it himself.
0: Fair enough. Um, we've also got, uh, like I say, a couple of comments that are coming in. Uh, this creative team will rival any other in comics. So there you go. You're definitely getting uh, oh, th- you. some... Uh, some real, uh, a, a real fan base for the uh, for for the book. What's been the um, reactions that you have been uh, getting uh, when it comes to uh, audiences? I mean, I, I can imagine with noir and with uh, stories which have this real texture to it, you do have people that kind of are anticipating where the story's going. Are they kind of hitting the marks, or have you got some surprises down the line, uh, Chris?
1: Nobody's really guessed what's going on um, exactly, but it it definitely people have been enjoying it. Like I said, we have that email and been getting a lot of emails from people. A lot of, like I said, Texas people, uh, Texans have been uh, emailing us and telling us that they like the comic, which is um, really gratifying to hear. Um, They've been saying that it's essentially, you know, this is like their Texas. Um, and we captured them. That's really, really cool to hear, especially coming from somebody from New Jersey and the UK. Um, but yeah, that's, to me, that's, that's like a really cool thing is hearing from people. Uh, and you know, it's, you know, there's a, there's a couple of negative things out there, but it's, you know, overall it's been positive and, and that's, you know, I, I like hearing everything though. Uh, you know, if you don't like something, you know, I, I always enjoy hearing opinions uh and that's always been a, a, the way that i've kind of approached writing in general it's just you know i always like to send it off to people and get their opinions on it because uh, i i obviously i have a certain perspective on it um but i want to know what other people think of it because you know you're not just writing yeah you are writing for yourself but on, on another level you're writing for an audience so you want to make sure that it's going to appeal to an audience right sure. so um so i definitely always listen to the good and the bad and if there is bad like i've you know, either will consider it or I will go, I don't think we're right there, you know? <laughs> so there's definitely those moments. I mean, this is
0: also the, the kind of book that would have had um, its big launch at shows this summer at um, San Diego, coming to New York as well. Um, Jacob, no doubt you'd have been heading across the pond and uh, kind of catching up with Chris and taking this book on the road. Um, how difficult has this been during lockdown and during the current situation to get this book out to an audience in, in getting people's eyeballs onto onto the book what's been the big uh, challenge would you say
2: I mean yeah I think it has been hard I was making a list of uh, of UK shows that I wanted to go to this year just uh, but loads of smaller ones as well um, just to try and get it out there um but yeah it's definitely it's been just I think it's just been mostly social media just posting it on Twitter and talking to everyone because um, that's the only way you get to interact with anyone normally obviously you sat behind your table people come up and, and you chat to them about whatever it is and if they like it then if they've already read it then they'll say how they feel and um but there's definitely like on Twitter especially um, like a group of people that seem to really really like it um, and like who we talk to quite a lot and they'll, they'll reply and retweet everything and like i really really supportive um which is great so it's it's actually been quite nice because you sort of got to know these people virtually anyway um but it's definitely missing that whole like in-person connection with all these people um which would have been but all the, if anything it's been nice because it means I've just got to sit and concentrate on actually making the book um, sure Cause I think it would have been almost overwhelming going and having people come up to me and be like, we, we really like it. I'm like, oh, I'm halfway through the third one. I need to go home. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, so it's quite, it's, it's almost like, I'm, I'm looking forward to in the, either next year or the year after, whenever it's back to normal-ish, um, going out now. And especially because it'll all be out, this first run will all be out then, um, so people will have actually read it. So well, that would be yeah.
0: nice. Well, yeah. Uh, th- yeah, that's when you find yourself, um, the pair of you behind yourself at a table, and you get a bunch of uh, Joe Bob um, cosplayers coming yeah. at you. Uh, <laughs> that, I can imagine, will uh, slightly freak you out.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I sent Chris a photo. It was um, the Lakes Festival. Oh, yeah, you yeah, had some already. And, no, it wasn't even intentional, but he just looked exactly like Joe Bob, and he was just sat... <laughs> in the middle of the clock tower at the lakes um that was whenever that was that was like october last year wasn't it um yeah so that that was pretty funny but um yeah i i i'll be very shocked if we get any sheriffs show up
1: well <laughs> yeah i I've, I've actually gotten i got a physical piece of fan mail at uh at my local comic shop when i went to go pick up my books Um, I got a message from them on Instagram and they were like, Hey, when are you coming by? We asked something for you. And I was like, Oh, what do you have? A letter. (laughs) Okay. Um, but it was very kind. And I, my experience has been that everybody's been really supportive and especially that the Twitter audience that Jacob was talking about, that everybody's been really supportive. And it's just so cool because it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know these people. At all, I and mean, it's so cool that they're, they've taken such an interest in us and the book that we're writing and drawing, and it's just, to me, it's just like, it's, it's really rewarding. Um, I do wish that I could go to conventions, though, obviously. Sure. Yeah. And we also got, uh, we got some, some fan art, too. <laughs> some oh, fan yeah. Fan art, which is cool. Um, it's really, really interesting, because again, with, like, I, I don't know what Jacob thought, but I, I, I was like, I don't know who's going to read this. Whether anybody's going to read it, Uh, but you know, here we are sitting talking with you, and you know, getting fan art. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fan mail. It's just. I think. I think it's um,
0: it's it's definitely finding its audience, and um, I mean, I'm really curious. In certainly now, um, when people are trying to find that connection with an audience, and it's great that you're finding it through social media. Um. In terms of creative teams and finding that way of making that connection, um, most people are turning to social media and, uh, sorry, to to crowdfunding and to Kickstarters and uh, Indiegogo's and whatever. Mm. I'm really curious as to um, the support that you've had from Image uh, as a publisher for this, because obviously this was all designed and ready to go. Uh, before lockdown uh, kicked in, yeah. um, so you were you were ready to uh, to put the, the book forward. Um, what was the conversations in terms of how much support Image gave you um, when things really started get getting, when the, the the lockdown really started hitting home.
1: Well, I think it was it was kind of a it was a rough situation there for a minute because we didn't really know what was going on with you know Diamond. Holding back books, and you know nobody really knew what was going on. Um, but yeah, once once the book came out, I mean, it, they pushed us enough that we were able to sell out our first issue, which I was stressed <laughs> about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's been it's been a really incredible. I mean, I I think the team and image is fantastic. Um, we have our we have we have help from Deanna Phelps. Uh, who's always catching things before it goes to print? Uh, I have uh, I have my problem with ellipses. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, so you know, it's, it, there's definitely been uh, a lot of support from them. But Jacob, I'm sure you probably have something to say too. Yeah, they've been
2: they've been great, and um, I think yeah, like Chris said, there was a point where we didn't know what was happening uh, and if it was coming out, and we thought it was uh, yeah going to be. It could, if it ever came out, it could be the end of the year. Um, but I think even the fact that they they took a chance of, on us and put it was like one. Of, it came out. I think it was the first week. It was one of the first books came that came out. Yeah. yeah. So that was great because I, I I thought um, that they would stick with like established teams uh, or and books and just be like right. We need to because they obviously needed to get the money in after. The, the time where nothing was coming it coming out, um, so I was I was quite surprised actually that they only pushed it back a month and it was yeah straight away, because I feel like it was definitely a risk putting out this brand new book with a brand new set of people, um, so I think that was great, um, so yeah yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that they even gave us a chance in the first place. <laughs>
1: well, that, that's just I mean I think people assume that we we were like a shoe in, but it. It wasn't <laughs> at all. Yeah, uh, we sent it out to a bunch of publishers, and we got a few a few no's and uh, a little bit of interest here, and then just mm-hmm. it would like go flatline, and then. Well, uh,
2: yeah, I, I met Eric. Um, maybe it was not long after we got picked up from Image um, in Leeds, just very quickly for Thought Bubble, and um, he was like. Oh, just wanted to say, like, really liked the pitch. Um, Also, love that you didn't put your dad's name anywhere on it. Like, there was no mention of of that. So, and he was like, I actually really respected that, um, that you didn't just try and, you know. Trade (laughs) off your dad's name. Exactly, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think people sort of may assume that it was pretty easy for us to, yeah, or, like, it was a guaranteed spot or anything, but the, we didn't hear back from them for ages, and we were like, "Oh, well, I assume Image haven't taken it." And then when we they, when they did uh, get back to us, we were like, "What? Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, because um, like Chris says, like we had like a bit of interest from a few other places and and some had some nose in some places. So the fact that yeah they were willing to take the chances was great.
1: Yeah, we 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 got some no's, but we also with those no's, would get like you know positive feedback. But it's just either they just were not taking on books or whatever, but yeah, I mean I, I remember when I was gonna send <laughs> the image, and I said to Jacob, we're probably not going to get image. But I'm just gonna send it out anyway. It doesn't cost me anything. And then you know lo and behold, image is the, the publisher that he got. Um, and I mean'm I was floored by that, you know. Yeah I think, the... it, I think it was the
2: best the best outcome that we could have
1: hoped for.
0: Oh yeah. And when it comes to that um cuz you you have embraced Patreon um and putting um uh the copies of the book out on on that and also some behind the, the scenes uh, stuff as well. Uh, and you've really you, you've really kind of um taken that element as well. So you almost kind of Bridging the gap between the two—the the traditional um, publication route and the the kind of Kickstarter or the Patreon communication with your direct audience—I I think that's really interesting. I mean, what what kind of inspired that to be a route that you went? Um, and who, who was it? Who was it that uh, took the leap with doing that between the two of you?
1: Well, it was that was a mutual decision because I mean, we the, the, the impetus was the pandemic. Uh, we obviously were, you know, we, we were in lockdown. We didn't know if the book was going to come out. Also, as we've mentioned before already, um, you know, th- there was there was basically no promise of anything because we're convinced it's going to happen. Probably not. Uh, so we weren't going to be able to get the word out there. Um, so we sort of we were talking about doing Brutal Dark, our Patreon book there. Um, we were thinking about doing it, um, on several different platforms and we sort of came back to Patreon as being the most feasible option. And, um, and so yeah, it's sort of been a fun little thing to bounce around. We haven't done as much as, as we could because we got put back on schedule and it basically was, it threw us for a little kind of a loop because we, we didn't, we thought the pandemic and the lockdown would last longer. It seemed. Yeah. You know, like, it was going to be forever.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because I, I stopped, I completely stopped drawing That Excess Blood for two months, probably. Um, yeah. Which is why now I'm quite far behind schedule. Um. So, and then, as soon as we got put back on schedule with the June the release, we're like, oh, well, I don't really have time to draw Brutal Dark anymore, which is upsetting because I was I think people were enjoying it and I was enjoying it drawing it and um, but hopefully we'll get back on track with that um, when we can uh, once everything sort of settles down with Texas Blood and we're back on track with things um, hopefully we'll be able to pick that back, back up but that was it's great fun because they're only eight page issues and obviously they're only the cheapest ones only, the cheapest tier's is only a dollar so it was yeah. nice just to have Something like that that sort of everyone could get. Uh, I think that was the, the good thing about doing a Patreon was when no one could get any, th- any comics. Um, so it had to be online and it had to be cheap. Um, but so I think that sort of um, helped it because um, everyone, everyone was looking for something to, to read. Um, and I think... Th- we had that um, momentum going with the with Texas Blood um, where people were looking forward to it, and they'd seen enough of it to be like, oh, I'm, I'm picking it up. And then when that got delayed, we sort of came in with Brutal Dark and were like, here you go, have this for a bit. Um, and it sort of introduced people to us and got, and c- continued that momentum until we got to at least Texas Blood.
0: When it comes to the, the reaction from uh, the uh... The patron and the the work that you've been putting out. I mean, I'm guessing the question's also been uh, asked about what other projects could be coming down the line from the pair of you, because you really do seem like a very um, natural fit for the pair of you. Uh, that, like when I said, but at the top of the the, the show, that you've found each other. Um, there's a definite uh, feeling, a, a direct, a, a real knit between the, the the two of you. I mean, is there any other projects that's possibly coming down the line? Or that you've been talking about?
1: At the moment, no. But um, but yeah, th- there's there's a whole lot of uh, that. Texas will to come, that we're we're sort of in that world. And yeah. uh, I've I've said this before that um, I mean it, it was it was originally a movie idea, but I can't think of it as any other medium now than a comic. Well, that was
0: going to be the question I was also going to ask to kind of start wrapping things up, which is. Yeah, the future of that Texas Blood. Um, can you see as a film? And if so, can you imagine your dream casting for it?
1: I mean, I, I mean the, the dream casting. I think, based on how Joe Bob looks now, I would say Sam Elliott. You know, he's yeah. he's Joe Bob basically. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, when I was originally you know, writing it as a, as a film, I, I had wanted, uh, Sam Neill as Joe Bob. I always liked how he, his sort of presence, and you know, that was sort of an inspiration into the sort of thoughtfulness of Joe Bob, the thoughtful quietness of him, you know, his sort of, his lingering well that he always spouts. But, um, yeah, I don't know what the future is going to be. I mean, it could be a, a movie. It could be a TV show. I, I mean, I'm, thinking of it as a as a comic now though sure so it's, uh, it's it's a little it's, it's interesting to evolve in that way because for so long it was like yeah it's a movie it's a movie you know <laughs> uh and then sort of approaching it as a comic i i think really opened my eyes to the the, the potential of of the the county and, and the characters and, and the stories that we could tell with them i i've told uh, jacob this but i mean it's, it's the truth it's it, it, i for me it's like some people i know like for cowboys versus aliens i think that's what it was called they did like a comic pitch to sell the movie and i know that that's definitely how other uh some creators try to approach things is they try to make a comic and then they'll make a movie out of that or whatever but for me it was once I switched over, it, was, it wasn't just to, you know, it wasn't to sell it as a movie or anything. It, wasn't, it just, it became that to me. I, it wasn't an, uh, a route to make it into a movie anymore. Um, it became a comic, and I feel like it's, it's a comic now. Sure. Um, I mean,
0: for myself, I, I, I found it interesting reading it because the first issue, I mean, like you say, it was definitely a one, it felt like a one shot. And it felt like a, a tone poem. There was a real kind of you were setting a real uh, a, a mood with that first issue, and how that's then progressed with these uh, additional characters coming in, and uh, kind of yeah, returning home. Like it's, it is like a magnet. The whole thing, the, the 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 area just feels like this this magnet. Not only for characters, but also for trouble and for uh, for some ra- some rather Violent characters, um, and um, I mean I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, goes forward. Um, I'm hoping that you do maintain that kind of sense from that first issue, that real sense of a pervading tone throughout the the whole of uh, that Texas Blood. I think that's what uh, people are being drawn to uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to the book, because uh, it's while it may like may not be uh, um pretty in places, um, well I think it it just. It feels like a real rich world, and that's what I think a lot of people are really uh, drawn to when it comes to That Texas Blood. This next issue comes out, I believe, when's it, on the 30th?
1: The 30th, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to reading it. It's on my pull list, and I'm uh, recommending it to everyone I, I see. So, um, yeah, let's uh, see more and more of this, and uh, um, yeah, let's uh, follow the story forward. Chris, Jacob, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you very much indeed for coming on and uh, Thank talking you for to having me. Us. Where Thanks. is the best place for people to find out more about um, what you've got coming up? Is it the Patreon page? Is it your Twitter? Where's the best place uh, to send people?
1: I would say our Twitters. Yeah, I think the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is the one. Twitters, twitters. Yeah, um, yeah. mine and, is at Christoph Condon. This is Jacob R. Yeah. R. yeah, Jacob R underscore Phillips. Excellent stuff. Gentlemen, it's been
0: a pleasure. Thank you so much for indeed for coming on, and continued success with that Texas Blood. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Great, thank you, thank you. So there you go. Um, Like I say, it's a a really cool book, and I really would heartily recommend it. uh, Checking it out. Like I say, I've I've been been buying it, and um, it's just such a. I'm not going to say fun read, uh, because like I say, it's it's a dirty, gritty um book with some real kind of um uh like i say blood under the fingernails um it's a dense read it's exciting read but uh, it, i'm really looking forward to seeing where the story goes so thank you very much indeed to chris and jacob for coming on um that's us for this week um i hope you enjoyed the show uh, we are going to be back next week with elsa chartier I I always get that surname wrong. I know I was going to get that wrong. Um, But Elsa is going to be joining us um, not only to talk about um, what she's been getting up to throughout lockdown, but also her upcoming um, uh, uh, Kickstarter as well, because she also has a new art book on the way and uh, she's launching it this week. So we're going to be talking to her about that, about the challenges of uh, connecting with an audience and also raising money when nowadays um, there's so many projects out there buying for your attention. Hopefully you can join us for that. That's 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT on next week's Talking Con Cup of Tea with an Englishman in San Diego. From myself, Leonard, and from Jacob, and from Chris, we'll see you soon. bye <laughs>